All right. Well, good morning to everybody here in the sanctuary and those that are online joining us today. And it's great to be in God's house and to worship Him and to celebrate. So grateful for the things that He's blessed us with today, where we have the technologies to reach out in the world, to connect with one another, to be together. And, uh, you know, sometimes those technologies also uh, can cause us problems and stuff too, but I'm still grateful for them, you know. It's a good thing. We just keep ourselves focused on what's happening. So, uh, in case you um, were here in the last service or heard that we had our alarm going off during the service, um, it was uh, it was not a malfunction. Um, there was just uh, some. Thank you. You know, when you go on the airlines and they tell you don't smoke in the bathrooms or anything like that, you know, that, that's the same thing here. Don't smoke in our bathrooms. <clears throat> All right. So, uh, yeah, the alarms go off here, too, when you do that. So uh, you have to go outside if you're going to smoke. And, uh, so, and that includes vaping and everything, you know, any of that stuff that you shouldn't be doing in the first place. Uh, you know, uh, do, don't do that here. And that, then, so, yeah, we uh, just want you to know. So the system's working well, and we also found some bugs in our system, like what happens if the alarm does go off, you know, and I just keep preaching and you guys say, wait it out. So um, in the nursery and the kids, so we'll work on that stuff this week. And thank you um, uh, for all you're doing. I want to say another thank you to you. We were blessed to do the, the toy run yesterday. It's uh, I don't know if it's our third, fourth time. I don't even know what number it is. It doesn't matter. It's just been an amazing blessing for us to be able to go to the houses of people and to bless them with with uh, toys and uh, this year, for the homes that you gave to us, we were my wife went and put together stuff for baskets and turkey and gave them their uh, Christmas dinner as well as toys for the children and stuff. And I want to help you understand that it's like the tangibleness of God's presence being there. It's not just about toys and the wrong spirit of Christmas of somehow we can get that stuff messed up. Culturally today, you know, we can get wrapped up in the material things, but... It is to be the hands and feet of Jesus. When Jesus was teaching us, he said, inasmuch as you've done this unto the least of these, you've done it unto me. And uh, to be able to be the hands and feet of Jesus, to actually be there and to see um, what he's doing and the opportunity that he, he has provided for us to be his hands and feet. Um, one of the things I didn't share with uh, the other services, but it's just an impact. So I want to I share this with you so you understand how important it is and what you guys do and, and your tangible presence in being giving, praying financially and the toys and the food. So my wife and I had pre-ridden the route the other day and uh, gave the plan. We had a police escort. It was so good and we're so grateful for the Southwest Rangers that did that with us and the, the thing that they do. But Kim and I, when we pulled up to, um, I think it was the very first houses that we went to, parking on the side of the road and get everybody situated, a young man came from another place behind us, a young adult. Uh, he was at a, at a residence over here where there's a bunch of like housing where their houses joined together. And we were visiting with his family here. And he came up behind me and he tapped me on the shoulder and I turned around and, you know, not in a bad way, but I just expect him to ask for something, you know. And he said, hey man, I just want to come and say thank you. He's like, I just want you to know, like, you guys, he was referencing a toy run when I was a little kid, came and brought me stuff, 
And he said, I didn't have nothing. And he said, it was the most impactful thing, and it changed my life in that moment in my life. And I just wanted to come over here to tell you, thank you for what you're doing, and I think it's amazing. And I was just like, come on, man. There's a, yeah. I'm telling you that because it's like you don't normally, you know, you don't see the results of like handing a little baby doll to a little kid or something like that. You see the moment of joy. But here was a young adult man that was standing in front of us saying, like, that impacted my life. Like, you wouldn't believe. And it was like, it was the coolest thing in the world, man. Because it was like, God, you know, it's like this gives the uh, validation, if you will. Not that we need it, but, you know, like, it's not just, like, giving out stuff and feeling good about ourselves. It's impacting people's lives in a way and to share Jesus and and to be able to say, you know, it's all about him and, and what this is. And so... I want you to know that you're, maybe you brought a little book or a little a little doll or a little thing in the bag or whatever it was, but God is at work in stuff, even in those things, which is so cool to me that God is working through all that stuff all the time. Had another lady run out and say, can you wait a minute? She was asking around and found that I was a pastor, came over to me. She said, can you wait a minute? I want to go get $20 to donate to what you guys are doing ran in her house and come out with a $20 bill, you know, just like, it's just like, yeah, it's just the coolest thing when God's doing stuff, you know, I don't know where that went, who took that anyway, I don't remember, (laughs) just think like, hey, anyway, (laughs) I think it went, oh, it was in my wife's hand, oh, my wife has it, yeah, that's where normally it goes, anyway, uh, (laughs) it's in the safe hands, because like I said, I wouldn't even remember, I just remembered she gave it to us, I'm checking my pockets, no, I don't have it, so, (laughs) anyway, it's a God thing. I, I want to tell you, thank you, man. That's so cool that God is doing that stuff. So anyway, there's just a, a whole bunch of stuff that goes into that. And so thanks. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah. God is good. If you are still looking for ways to serve and stuff, we have placed on our website that um, spiritual gifts test through when you have a um, volunteer place on there, cfftucson.com. It's a free spiritual gifts test. I would encourage everybody in the room to take it. Many of you have. Thank you for doing that. And it will send the results to you in your email. Then you can send them to the office. So I've asked Cindy, uh, she works for us in the office, to put together a spreadsheet with your names and your spiritual gifts. The top three is the way it comes back to you in a spreadsheet so that we can uh, begin to work with you. So just give us a little bit of time because I've asked Cindy to put it together and then we'll work with it. But there's a lot of other stuff going on and stuff, and so it's not that we're ignoring it or not doing something with it, so be patient with us. Um, right now, Cindy and I are the only full-time employees for the church, and so there's a lot of stuff happening and uh, to go on through the season and that. So just all I'm saying is take the test, do the stuff, be ready, and be available, and uh, we want to say thanks. So do that stuff. It's really cool for you because I want to make a spreadsheet that gives us like what you're gifts are your top gifts are and then try and make sure that we're helping you do the ministry god made you for so it's not just that you can serve in the church we want you to serve outside the church too in the community and to be able to be the hands and feet of jesus everywhere so don't think we're trying to rope you into a job here at the church that's not what we're doing we want to help you experience the fullness of how god made you into being the minister that he's created you to be in the mission field where he has placed you 
So it's not just in the church. It's in the world around you, and it's an amazing opportunity that you have. We do have places to serve here, and uh, we can use you, but, you know, it's wherever we go and whatever God has. We'll have some new small groups starting in January, so be ready and uh, classes and stuff to help you out. Did you spend at least five minutes a day, five days last week, reading or listening to God's Word? Did you do that? All right. Did you share God's story with someone this week? He gave you opportunities. I know he did. He's faithful. Did you spend some time alone with God this week with no agenda? This is the reason I'm asking you to isolate yourself. Be alone with him and leave your agenda aside because we all have stuff we want God to do, need God to do, and he wants us to bring those things to him. But at the same time, we want to ask you to spend some time alone with him where it's just you and him, and he has a chance to talk. Are you doing that? If you do that, you will know the answer to the next question. Do you know what the Holy Spirit is saying to you? That's where he'll speak. He'll speak in a service. He'll speak through a song. God has this thing, and he's talking to you about it. And when you know it's God, this is the way you'll know God's talking to you. It will not just come from one source. God will always affirm his word, and it will be outside of yourself that God will affirm it. The second thing is it will never contradict Scripture. So if you want to know what the Holy Spirit's saying, he's going to affirm it more than once from a different source, and it will never go against his word. Then you're going to know it's God's word when he's speaking it to you, and you'll know the voice of the Holy Spirit as you walk with him. Are you giving as God has asked you to give in your time, talents, and resources? All three of them, none of those, it's not a, I'm going to do this one this week and this one, no. Time, talents, and resources. God asked for all of us to be all in. So do you invite someone to church today? Thanks for you five people that did it. The rest of you, let's go. Uh, Have you been preaching, praying, working, asking all about fulfilling the great commission of each one of us reaching one person, teaching them what it means to be a follower of Christ? Are you doing that? God's good. You already know today's the third Sunday of Advent. Isn't that crazy how fast stuff goes? You know, you like Christmas is way out there. They're trying to play Christmas music in September, and some of you all sickies are doing it with them. And I'm like, (laughs) you know, it's okay, but I mean... It's not okay, really. But anyway, you just, you're going to do it anyway. I already know you are. Um, but anyway, um, it's over before you know it, though. You know, it's like you look out there, and it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. It's goom. It's gone. Just like that, you know? And so I want you to know that I am Mr. Christmas in season. I love it. But it's got to be in season. So that's the day after Thanksgiving through the 25th, midnight, then everything comes down. All right? All right. I mean, I'm all in it. I am. And I love what it means, you know. But I'm not one of those. Uh, I'm not real sentimental. You can ask my wife. She'll tell you. Like, I, I'm not appreciate stuff, but I get rid of it, too. Uh, so I want to tell you right here. It's almost Christmas. If you want to send me a card, text me. All right? I mean, seriously, save your money. Put it towards missions or, you know, the Badami school change jar we got here or something. Save it. Don't buy me a card, man. Just text me and say, I love you. And I'm like, that's legit. You know, I don't, I don't care what Hallmark or paper or recycle people have to say to me. I care about you. So just do it. It's free. Y'all can do that for free, man. Come on. I'm trying to save you money. All right. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> those of you that already sent cards, thank you. They mean a lot to me. Sorry. I got a couple of them sitting on the chair, man. Sometimes, you know, you just need that little bridle a little tighter on the tongue. I apologize. (laughs) If it's meaningful to you, I appreciate it. Okay, I really do. So thank you. And I'm sorry. (laughs) 
You could have texted me or, you know, like, shut up or something. I was talking to my wife, not the rest of you. All right. <laughs> okay, let's talk about joy, because it's the third Sunday of Advent. I don't even know how we got there. Um, hope, peace, joy. Obvious, right? There it is. We'll have that up there every week to help you. So if there's a trivia question, you'll know one answer at least, right? So it's joy. And so next Sunday is love. And I'm excited. I always look forward to the, the message on love because God is love. I mean, what better thing can we talk about for Christmas than that? Because he is. And I'm excited about it. And as we teach on love, periodically, as God leads us through the church year and throughout the ministry life, when we make statements to people uh, in the church to understand that uh, love is not an emotion, when we make a statement like that, a lot of people kind of like, like, what are you talking about? It's not an emotion. I feel love. I didn't say you don't feel love, but love is not an emotion. See, what love does is it creates emotions, but it is not the emotion. Love is. And so as we talk about that, and next Sunday, how God leads us, I'm not exactly sure how that's all going to unfold next week, but I know it has, I'm excited about it because of what it is, and it's God. I want you to know the differentiation between that aspect of love not being an emotion, because what we're going to talk about today is an emotion. Joy is an emotion, it's a feeling. And so when we begin to like talk about these various aspects of the Christian life and what it is, it's important for us to understand the fullness of who we are in Christ and everything that God made for us and how it impacts us as people. Because, see, when we look at the word joy and we look it up even in our, our language of, of the English language in Webster's Dictionary, there is just like the simplest definition. Every one of us understand it and know it, but it is this, a feeling of great pleasure or happiness. All right, so even in the very core of our language, what it says, it's about an experience that I feel inside of me. Great pleasure or happiness is happening within me, right? So that is what the word joy means. So, uh, stepping back for a second, talk about the toy run. Not only that guy that shared with us his little heart to us, but then um, as we're going to all those various stops and standing there, I go in my mind to the last place we went to as a group was the apartment complex. So the city of Tucson gave us um, uh, an apartment complex of low-income housing that the city sponsors there on 3rd Street, um, down the other side of town. I don't even remember what, to what the other street, it doesn't matter. We were going down there. So we went last year to that same place, and so they knew we were coming. Cindy called from the office saying we're going to be there yesterday so that the residents are aware and they're out there in approximate time we'd be there. So in the, the police escort, talking to them and coordinating everything, they asked that Kim and I on the bike, we were using Dave Serafin's bike, he let us use one, ride down there in front of everybody and uh, get up there ahead of everybody so that we can kind of coordinate the chaos that exists in that place to park people off the streets. And as we're coming down, the apartment, the apartment complex is a high fence, probably eight, 10 feet high fences with the gate open. And the people were already just like lining up on the street. So there's adults and children in anticipation waiting for us to show up. And so uh, I wish I had a, a uh, camera on us driving up there because the excitement and anticipation on the faces of everybody waiting was pretty priceless. 
as we pulled up. So as we're pulling up, the police and everybody's still back at the corner coming down the block and a half and get off the bike and just trying to tell everybody, come on now, you guys got to get back because we're going to be bringing vehicles and bikes. And, and you know, they, they listen a lot like you guys do. <laughs> and uh, they, <laughs> they <laughs> nobody has to own that. That's not true about. But they're like, that's the road, you know, and everybody has to be the one that's like out there because everybody else should be back so they can see, you know. But when the crowd's like that, you know, you can't do anything because they're out there on the streets and trying to get them back. But see, there was this anticipation and excitement, not only for what was coming, but how it was coming and to be a part of it. And as they were looking and watching, you know, they didn't give a care that Kim and I were saying, hey, move back. And then the other first people coming up and then the police officer, like, like move back. They were like this. This is what happens, you know, you step back and then. <laughs> All right. But here's the thing. As we were watching it, nobody received anything yet. But the eyes tell a story to you. And looking at the little kids that were there, because that's mostly our focus. Uh, well, it's the whole focus of the ride is, is to provide something for the kids. We did provide food for the families at the homes that we went to. But to look at the kids' faces and their eyes, <clears throat> you see this joy. It's joy. It's what it is. And they're like, there's this anticipation they have no idea what they're going to get. Just know they're going to get something. And there's this feeling inside of them that, you know, I, I could cry. I'm a <clears throat> but, you know, like um, <laughs> maybe they wouldn't have gotten up in this Christmas, a lot of them. But in that moment, like none of the other stuff mattered to them. The junk that is part of their everyday life and the poverty in which they live and all the brokenness that's out there in the world you know in that very moment none of that existed <laughs> they were just looking and as I stood back and watched it the Lord was just like touching me in such a cool way like thinking like today's the day we talk about joy and it was like hey there's, there's a picture of what it looks like check that out that's a picture of it. So I'm watching these kids, you know, and then uh, it's, it's amazing how God works in you. If you just listen, like, I'm not even, I'm not even going to say listen. Just in tune with the Holy Spirit. Like, then it was just like this moment that I'm watching everything unfold. And when we pull the trucks up at that apartment complex, it gets really crazy. And I know some of you don't like that crazy, but I actually like that crazy. I mean, it's like chaos. And there's people all around the trucks and we had our helpers inside the trucks and they're digging through trying to find toys that are appropriate to the age of the kids that are surrounding the truck and stuff. And it's like, it's cool. It's like nuts. You know, my wife and I both come from big families. So chaos and craziness is kind of normal. And so we like that and we're watching all that. So we're stepping back. I didn't give out one toy yesterday, just watching everything happen. And I was watching all that and, and what's happening. And then God just drew my attention to some of the adults that were there. And uh, when I took my eyes off the kids, because that's where I'd been focusing almost the whole day, is just looking at kids, and I looked at the adults, you know, um, I saw a different kind of joy. See, there was this, this presence in the eyes of the adults that really struck me that I pray will strike your heart. That the parents, grandparents, godparents, whoever it was that brought those kids out there, 
came out there knowing they were not going to receive anything. They weren't there to get anything, had no expectations of receiving anything. But the reason they were there is so that someone else could receive and that they had joy. And what that is, is this. I want us to see the difference. See, joy is a noun. It's a person, place, or thing. For those of you like me that slept through English class, you don't know this stuff, you know. So it is. It is a something. It's not an action. It is joy. That's what it is. But guess what? When joy is put in action, it's called rejoicing. And that's a verb. And that is something that we engage in, or it is an action. Therefore, when joy is present, we therefore rejoice. And rejoicing is action. And so as I looked at those parents standing back there, I was like, that's the coolest thing because what they're doing is rejoicing in that joy of those kids in this moment, watching what's happening. They're engaging in it with no expectations for self. Oh man, I was like, God, that is like so much what we as Christians are to be modeling right there. Just absolutely filled with joy, rejoicing at all that God is doing around us, and it's not about me. Let me repeat that for us. It's not about me. Can you say that, church? Say it out loud. It's not about me. The only time it was about you is when Jesus gave his life for you. When you accepted that forgiveness, it no longer becomes about you. Remember Jesus left the 99 righteous and he went after the one lost? It's not that he doesn't care about the righteous. He celebrated with you when you were lost and found. But what he cares about is those that need to experience what you have. The joy of a relationship with the creator of the universe that is ours. He is amazing, man. And I'm like, Lord, it's like the coolest thing that you're teaching us these things because it's so important and so. Oh, that let me let me confess something to you before we go any further because of what the context of the message is today. Last Sunday, as you know, it was about peace. Not worrying about anything, no anxieties, no fears that we trust in God and he's given us this peace. And here's something that I didn't even realize was going on as I would come in every day watching the toys. Like, are we going to have enough toys for these kids? Are we going to have enough toys for these kids? You know, like, hey, Lord, you know, uh, how many, what should we do about this? How can we make this happen? And Dave was beginning to uh, trying to create and formulate ways to get more presents and gifts for the families. And God gives me this message to preach about this peace and no worries and anxieties and fears. And I went home and I didn't even, I honestly, I didn't even realize it until I went home and I told Kim, I was like, you know, it's funny is because afterwards God reminded me again as I looked at the gifts that y'all brought out there in the place, like, I've got this, knock it off. Trust me. And he did. We had two truckfuls plus another carful and stuff that was going on. And it was like, you know, he's like, don't, I got this. Stop creating. Let me move, right? Okay, so today, as we're looking at this rejoicing aspect, 
we're going to talk about some similarities about how we deal with peace and anxieties and stuff when it comes to this thing, which is called joy, which is actually a feeling I have. And the fact that, guess what, church? When we're done with this, we're going to find out I'm actually responsible for the way I feel. <laughs> yes. All right. I'm responsible for the way I feel. All right. So let's find out why. See, when I look in the word and I read these to you from Galatians 5 again, the same verses I read to you last Sunday. So we're not preaching the same stuff. We're looking at the same word because the context has implications for the joy that we're talking about today. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. So just so you know, like if you, you could say, oh, I didn't do any of those, I'm good to go. He says, no, other sins like these. So it's like all the screwed upness of your life that you caused through your sinful actions, that's what he's talking about. Okay? All right, so let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. So, I want everyone to understand that this is not a doctrine of Christian faith fellowship. It is a doctrine of Christian faith fellowship, but we didn't create it. It's God's word. Just to be clear, that if you are living in a sinful life, indulging in sinful practices, you're not going to heaven. I don't care what kind of certificate you got. I don't care what your church taught you or what your mom said or what you think or feel. God's word is pretty straight up flat out to us that if you're living in these sinful things and you're living that kind of lifestyle you're not going to heaven amen i'm not telling you have to like that message you just need to receive it and change your life because jesus christ came to help us to live different than all that and this is what god's word says and this is important for us because those of us that are followers of jesus christ if you are a born-again christian are you if you're not, you can be today, but let's talk to you that are for a second. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Here's who he's addressing, those that just said yes to what we just said. The Holy Spirit is producing in our lives the believers, the born-again, saved, forgiven family of God. The Holy Spirit produces this in us. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So the Holy Spirit's producing this in us. So, here's the thing. The Holy Spirit then, only taking one, even though this is a singular statement, the fruit of the Spirit, right? It's not fruits. And God's not trying to develop each of these in their own season. All of this is one. Please hear that. All of this is one fruit, and it is a product of God within the believer. So the Holy Spirit is producing joy within us. Now, we've just understood as we look at the definition, and it's not taken out of context in the translation into the English language, what is specifically stated here in the Greek in that word is the same thing. Joy, a feeling of happiness or pleasure within. Church. The Word of God says that the Holy Spirit is producing joy in the heart of a believer. All right. How are you feeling about now? Yeah. 
So as we look at what God's word says and we see that the Holy Spirit is producing this, he is saying this is not a product of what you tangibly have. It's not a product of what's going on around you. It's not even influenced by the world around you. This joy that we are speaking of, that the word of God declares for the believer, is a product internally that is produced by God himself only in the life of a believer. And it is a God gift that we can experience and feel joy. True happiness and pleasure within because it is a product that God himself puts into us. All right, then let's use the exact same approach to this that we did last week about peace. We're coming into Christmas, the time where the church celebrates Jesus. You know, all of us say this. He is the reason for the season. No Jesus, no peace. And all the statements we make and the little idioms and postings and telling everybody it's all about Jesus. And all. Hold on a minute. Where's your joy? So here is what a lot of times happens in Christmas. People get depressed. I'm talking to Christians here. They feel oppressed by the expectations of the season. They are struggling because of family. The fact that they either have to see them or can't see them. Both sides. As we're dealing with that, and we have this internal turmoil, we have people that are Christians in the church that have just gone through a divorce. And so we're, we're looking at Christmas as this, like, drudgery that I have to push through because everything about it reminds me of brokenness. We have people that lost loved ones this year, some recently. And we look at this season and we're looking at it like through a different look and life is beginning to impact this cloud that seems to be surrounding me. We remember when we used to celebrate these seasons with friends and then we found out these are the friends that have been gossiping about us, backstabbing us, hurting us, some of those friends are even the ones that maybe took our spouse away from us and had an affair. And so now as Christians, we're entering into this Christmas season and we look at it completely different. And that difference in the way that we see it, the way we're experiencing it, is also felt inside as this weight sinks in upon us and we begin to see all the darkness and the struggles instead of the joy. So as we consider that and we think about the fact that we're talking about the Christian's approach to Christmas, and some of us, 10 days from Christmas, don't have any gift spot and don't even know how we're going to. And so we're like feeling the stress of how, what? Should I just do it in consequences later and you know, the dumb decisions we make as we go forward to celebrate this season of Jesus. I'm talking to Christians here, remember, not the world. Church, please, hear the words that we're sharing with you from God's Word. As I look back in the Scriptures then, and I'm like, Lord, you know, 
as we experience these things, these are real feelings, these are hurts, these are anxieties, they're they're pains, and there's darkness, and there's that sense of oppression when things aren't like they were or aren't like what we want them to be or have perceived them to be. And so I have all this stuff going on around me. And then I read in the Word of God, and it says that God has joy for us. And what I see in the Word is that that joy that is being produced in me is a product of the Holy Spirit. And I see in the Word of God that as we're challenged about this, this is about a life of faith that I walk with God that has nothing to do with the outside world, the tangible things, or even the relationships with human beings whatsoever. Church, did you hear me? That joy that God is speaking to us about has nothing to do with anything other than Him. Period. And that is where true joy comes from. And so as I look at the Word and I see that it is an inner working of the Holy Spirit that brings peace within us because I have this presence of God living within me. No matter what happens in the world around me, that peace therefore produces joy in me. Isn't it amazing how these three Sundays tie together? See, in the first Sunday, our hope is in Jesus Christ, the promise fulfilled, God's answer. As an as a answer to that promise that He gave, we have this hope in Jesus Christ. Once we place our hope in Him, He brings forth a peace in our soul that we don't have to worry about anything God's got us. And then when I experience that peace in God and I know that He has got me and I am His, therefore now, in spite of everything else in the world, I can actually have joy in my heart. See, it's a product of that relationship with Him and the Holy Spirit within me as I celebrate who Christ is in me. And therefore, now, as I move forward, I see this thing unfolding before us and I want to read you some scriptures about real-life stuff. Okay, so when I read these verses to you, this is a man of God that's talking about his experiences in life. The scripture passage is found in 2 Corinthians 6, but we're not going to put those verses on the screen yet. They could do that after I read them. Because what I want you to do is listen to these words and let them sink into us as we hear what God's word says from this man of God talking about his actual daily life. Here you go. We live in such a way that no one will stumble because of us. We live in such a way that no one will stumble because of us. Oh man, I'm living my life for Jesus so that if you watch me, you're not going to get it wrong. You're not going to mess up. You're not going to fall over because I fall over. You're going to live your life and you're going to be okay with God because the way I'm living it. Okay, so we don't want to pause there like I did. We're going to keep reading. You ready? We live in such a way that no one will stumble because of us and no one will find fault with our ministry. In everything we do, we show that we are true ministers of God. We patiently endure troubles and hardships and calamities of every kind. We have been beaten, been put in prison, faced angry mobs, worked to exhaustion, endured sleepless nights, and we've gone without food. We prove ourselves by our purity, our understanding, our patience, our kindness. Listen, 
listen, by the Holy Spirit within us. Isn't that cool? He just said, look, there's a lot of stuff going on in life around me. And there's a lot of challenges happening. And all this stuff I'm talking to you about, he says, this is what's happening. We're able to live this life because the power of the Holy Spirit is within us. I'm going to keep reading. By the Holy Spirit within us and by our sincere love, we faithfully preach the truth. God's power is working in us. We use the weapons of righteousness in the right hand for attack and the left hand for defense. We serve God whether people honor us or despise us, whether they slander us or praise us. We are honest, but they call us imposters. We are ignored, even though we are very well known. We live close to death, but we're still alive. We have been beaten, but we have not been killed. Our hearts ache, but we always have joy. We are poor, but we give spiritual riches to others. We own nothing. And yet we have everything. Man, that is like such an amazing passage from the Apostle Paul written to us. This guy lived this life, man. This is what he lived. What he lived is this. The absolute presence of the Holy Spirit in his life that was producing the ability to live a non-human existence by the power of an amazing God. And what we just read, church, in that scripture is actually the fruit of the Spirit having produced through the Apostle Paul the actual life of a believer that is available to everybody, not just Paul. God's Word declares to us that this is for you and I. This stuff happens because the Holy Spirit lives in us. And we engage Him and allow it to happen, church. This is what happens. So... As I read through this passage, I made two columns of things. And I want to share those two columns with you. See, we're not going to tell you to... Like, the Bible doesn't tell you, like, just have joy and ignore life. It's not saying, like, oh, it doesn't matter if your spouse had an affair on you, and you, you know, you you just ignore those feelings, and you just have joy. The Bible doesn't say that. That's not what we're preaching, and that's wrong teaching if we've been told that, okay? See, because stuff does happen, stuff does affect us, we do feel it. It just simply doesn't own us. And so as I look at these two columns of things that the Apostle Paul gives to us, here's the thing, we are not denying the reality of the changes, and here's what he wrote about. He says publicly to everyone, we have troubles, and hardships and calamities of every kind. He's like, I got junk coming to me all the time. Stuff's happening constantly. He says, I've been beaten. I've been put in prison. Now, some of y'all been in prison, but that was because of your choices. He was put in prison because he said yes to Jesus. All of this stuff happened to him because he said yes to Jesus. All right? He said, I faced angry mobs. I've worked to exhaustion. Have you worked like that? You know that feeling where you just got nothing left inside of you. You're done, man. He said, I've done that. 
Not only that, I've had sleepless nights. He's not talking about sleepless nights of worry and anxieties and fear. He's talking about the fact that life was so demanding of him at times he could not even sleep. Gone without food. He said, I've been despised. People have gossiped about me, slandered my name, talked about my work. They, they discredited me on every front. He said, I've been lied about. I've been ignored. I've been beaten. Here's what the Word of God teaches us when we look back in history about these things that Paul is talking about. There were two types of beatings, and they would do public beatings in these days. You saw some of that on the Passion of the Christ when they beat Jesus with the whip. Paul had multiple times where he was beaten with rods and with whips. Therefore, what they did is they would take them out publicly and chain them, take their clothes off, use like these bamboo rods, and beat them on the back. And or they would use those whips that had the leather strips with little pieces of metal and glass in them and whip them until they were bleeding. The Apostle Paul says, look, I've been beaten this way multiple times. I have heartache. See, this is what he's letting us know. Like the things in life, they outside affect us. And I'm still hurting. I've hurt physically. I've hurt hungry. I've felt weary. I've experienced all these things in my life. I am poor. I have no material things left. I got nothing. But guess what? Paul says, I know I have everything. And this is what I do know. He said, with all that's happening outside of me and everything that's going on, I have joy. Look, that goes in the face of everything we think about when we think of joy being a feeling I have because of what's being done for me, to me, or what I get. Paul is saying, I got all this crap happening in my life, and I got joy. Why? Because the joy comes from the presence of the Holy Spirit within and has nothing to do with this stuff out here. The fact of the matter is, we can be hurting and still have joy. That's why I'm saying, church, we have to own the responsibility of our feelings and our emotions and what's happening in my life. And he knew that he had life and joy because of Jesus Christ. Now then, if we go to the flip side of this, what this, this is what he writes. This is the cool stuff when we look at all this. He's like, I have all these hardships. Y'all got some of those. You know, everybody in here is facing something. I already know you are. All right, so Paul says, I faced all this, all this stuff going on. But now let's look at this other side. In spite of all this, this is what he said. We live in such a way that no one will stumble because of us. No one will fall, find fault with our ministry. We patiently endure troubles and hardships. We prove ourselves by our purity. Just a pause right there because it's really important for us in this screwed up sexual culture in which we live. The Apostle Paul was a single man that lived celibate, faithful to God, and he did not... Uh, fall immorally, sexually, or impurity. He said he lived in purity, and he died a martyr's death, a single man, a man of God. Just so you know, it's possible, and if you're not married, you shouldn't be in a sexual relationship. Just a pause point. Keep yourself pure for God. God will bless you for it. Here you go. Ready? We prove ourselves. Yeah, we prove ourselves by our purity, our understanding, our patience, our kindness, by the Holy Spirit within us. So here's the thing. I want you to hear it right. Paul's not saying, check me out, man. I've been through all this crap, and I'm still a righteous dude. That's not what he said. What he said was, I'm dealing with the same stuff you all are. I'm dealing with it, and the Holy Spirit is within me. 
and this is why I live this way, and this is how I respond to all of this because of how Holy Spirit's working in me. I'm able to be patient and kind towards the very ones that are talking about me, breaking my stuff, calling out against me, teaching uh, the, the things that go contrary to what I'm believing and talking about. I'm able to have joy in the midst of all that. We're not done. We faithfully preach the truth. God's power is working in us. We serve God regardless of the external. We're honest. This is the Apostle Paul talking about his life. Church, just reminding you, one of the Ten Commandments is you shall not lie. I'm not sure why uh, Christian people think lying is like an okay thing to do. It's not. So cut it out. Stop lying. Paul says, I'm honest. I live my life with integrity. This is what he's challenging us with, people. God's word is declaring this to us. The Holy Spirit's working in us, and it is the Holy Spirit producing this ability to live our life. I live honest. We always have joy. We own nothing but have everything. So when I looked at those two things, I was like, that is the coolest thing. What I'm seeing in this man's life, this man of God, is what the Holy Spirit can do in us when we let him. When God himself is present within me, I can live not human. Did you hear that? I live not human because God's not human. And therefore, the Holy Spirit, God, lives within the believer. And therefore, we can live the not human response to the world. And it's the only way you can live the not human response to the world. Because the Holy Spirit lives within. Do you know him? He's amazing. So now, this is the application of God's word that we're talking about. See, the reality of my faith is when I'm facing these things, the difficulties of life, the circumstances that are coming against me, the things that attack our heart, the things that attack our life, the things that we can't control that are just bombing in on us. This is where our faith has to really be real to us, and it has to own us, and we have to own it. Here's where we know that we look at life through the Holy Spirit's eyes instead of Dave's. It's when in the midst of all that stuff that's going on in the utter chaos of life around me and all that stuff that I can choose joy. <laughs> that inside of all this, in spite of all this, there's this inexpressible, crazy presence of God that inside I can choose to grab a hold of and own. And when I own that joy of God inside of me, which is a happiness and a peace that I can grab, that none of that other stuff starts to affect me or dictates who I am and what I do, that I can actually be a joyful person in the midst of all the craziness of life that's going on around me. You need to have joy, church. It's a thing that will affect who you are in the world around you. I'm looking at the bigger picture and I'm saying, God, help me to be that type of a man of God where I'm embracing the Holy Spirit within me, producing this not human God stuff so that other people can see God in me and have a desire to be filled with him the same way. So one of Jesus' teachings, he's, he's talking about the world giving gifts to one another. So it's a normal practice, you know, it's been happening since the beginning that people give gifts to one another. And so here's Jesus. He's going to do a little bit of a teaching on giving gifts in Luke 11. 
You fathers, if your children ask for a fish, do you give them a snake instead? Or if they ask for an egg, do you give them a scorpion? Of course not. So, if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? So he's like, you know, you guys are so screwed up, and yet you're going to give something to somebody. He's like, your God wants to give you something that you can't have any other way than when He provides it for you. And He wants to give you the Holy Spirit. Now, we know this is prior to Pentecost, and Jesus is doing this teaching about the Holy Spirit coming and all that's happening there, and knowing that He's going to be available to us. And so it is God's intention and design to give the Holy Spirit to those who seek Him. It's God's intention. It's only possible because of Jesus Christ. In this absolutely perfect redemption plan of God, Jesus came, Jesus died, Jesus rose, Jesus ascended, and He sent the Holy Spirit so that you and I could have God live inside of us once again the way we were designed in the very beginning, to have God within. When God is within, the attributes of God begin to flourish within. And therefore, I become the product of the Holy Spirit's work in me. Therefore, that fruit or the attributes of God naturally becomes the way that I deal with the world. I deal with the world through the attributes of the fruit of the Spirit that are within me. Therefore, when Paul says, I patiently and kindly respond to those who oppress me and all those things that are going on, right? It's not Paul's like, just made a decision. I'm going to be a good guy today. No, he's embracing the Holy Spirit within him. And he knows that there's no possible way that he could ever face that any other way than through the power of the Holy Spirit within. And then at the, all that stuff going on, he's like, and I, I just want you to know I always have joy. Did you notice that he said that I always have joy (laughs) why because the holy spirit is always within the believer therefore i always have joy therefore i always have access church listen i always have access to happiness or pleasure within he's there stop letting the other garbage affect you like we are own the joy of god That doesn't mean it doesn't happen. It's not saying it's not there. It's that I'm going to own the joy, not the junk. Amen. Amen. The Holy Spirit produces not human responses to the challenges of life. He does because He's God. He doesn't respond humanly. He responds godly. Therefore, I cannot respond godly unless God is within And if God is within, I learn to live in the godly principles and structures that He has placed within me, taught me, instructed me, and I grow in it. When Jesus sent the Holy Spirit to us at Pentecost, He made all of this possible and available in life. And it's available right here and right now, church, just so we know. It's God's promise to us, and it's available. So I'm on my action steps, and this is what it says. Have you received the holy spirit since you believed if you don't know if you've received the holy spirit this is a simple process see through the forgiveness of jesus christ that god provides for us we receive our salvation by faith i accept god's gift of forgiveness therefore i give god my sin and he gives me life 
The promise in God's word is, is that when we give him this life, that I say yes to Jesus, that he promises that he will give us and the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit will bear witness with us. We're going to know that we're children of God. Therefore, if you have not yet had that experience, that encounter with God, then all you have to do is come to God and say, I am yours. Please, Father, would you give me the Holy Spirit? Jesus just told us the Father will do that for you. No problem. So this is to eliminate all the questions and confusion. We just bring it simple the way God's word teaches us. So if you don't know, just come and ask. And God says, I'll give it to you. So those are the, for the people that have a relationship with him, right? So if you don't have Jesus in your heart, that's step one. Step two would be like, okay, Father, I want the Holy Spirit. That's given to you by God's word and he promises it, right? So here you go, church. If you receive Jesus and you have the Holy Spirit inside of you, would you just, all of you that have that, say amen. amen. So here's something for us. And I'll amen with you. Here we go. Are the challenges that you are facing being seen as opportunities for you to mature in your faith? They're opportunities, right? So the circumstances that we are facing are opportunities not only for me to mature in my faith, but to actually be the salt and light Jesus asked us to be. See, therefore, when we begin to see that through that lens, which is the lens of God, the Holy Spirit, I can find joy in the midst of all of it. And that is something that I have to choose. And so I'm going to ask you, church, will you choose joy through it all? Yeah. Amen. So, yeah, I, I want to encourage you that when you put your hope in Jesus and you found the peace that only forgiveness in him can do, and then the Holy Spirit is within you and it is a product that he has given to us that is joy. I just want to encourage you to practice that joy a little more frequently. Like, have fun a little bit, man. Love life. Be happy you're alive. Today is a gift, man, and you need to celebrate that gift. Um, so smile. That's the, that's the short version of it. All right, if your teeth are messed up, I understand you're going to be embarrassed and stuff like that. Just keep your lips closed if you have to and smile. I'm serious. I'm being real. I mean, it's like, I understand. I had a black spot in my tooth that was inside. I couldn't figure out what was going on, and I was embarrassed to smile. So I'm like, I smile all the time, so I'm trying to cover it with my lips. Maybe grow my mustache a little longer so you can't see it. Uh, anyway, it's not there anymore, so don't try and look. It's gone. Thank you, Jesus. Um, but I'm just saying, like, I get it, man. But, like, we need to be joyful people. And it's not just a fake smile. It's that presence of God that brings that happiness and peace and joy within our heart that I can actually have when stuff's going on. And when that's happening and people see it in us, that's the natural attraction and draw to Jesus. Everybody wants that because everybody's got the other stuff. You know that. So... Being a Christian and a believer doesn't um, remove us from the realities of life or the problems and hardships of life. It doesn't do that. If it did, everybody would be a Christian, right? It doesn't. What it does is it gives me that within so that I can live my life in spite of, which they can't. And therefore, we have this opportunity that God's provided for us to experience his presence and joy in the midst of all the stuff that's going on out there. If you don't know Jesus as your Savior... 
today we want to make that available to you. I mean, he's made it available to you. We want to invite you to step into this incredible relationship with him. He's amazing and he loves you. Church, would you stand with us? If you don't know Jesus, the, the reason we invite you to come forward to the altar is I, I just am a firm believer of making a public confession of your faith by stepping up and saying, I want Jesus. Because if you can't walk up in front of this church to say, I need Jesus, you'll never do it out there in the world and you'll never survive out there because it's brutal and they don't want you to know Jesus. We want you to know Jesus. So we would invite you to come forward if you don't know him and say yes to him in your life. Okay, for real. It's like right here and he wants that for you. If you're a believer and you've not experienced joy in your heart and you've allowed the world to oppress you and all the junk that's going on, would you today just repent of that, give that to Jesus, and just receive in your heart today this amazing joy the Holy Spirit has for you? Would you do that, church? Let's be that people, man. He's amazing. Father, we love you. We're so grateful for your presence, God for your powerful truth in your word, a life-transforming power that is available to us today. Lord, I pray for our friends that are here kneeling and out there. God, you know their hearts and you know why they're here and we just are going to trust you to just take them right to the place you have for them. For the rest of us that are standing here in the back and all around, God, do your work in us. Let us go out of here with the joy of the Lord in our hearts and let us be the light of the world this Christmas season, we pray. We give you glory, honor, and praise, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you.